It's time for Cyclone Insider. From the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO, Des Moines Sports Station. All right, welcome to this week's Cyclone Insider here on 1460 KXNO. Randy Peterson, Tommy Birch, gentlemen are here from the Des Moines Register. Hawkeye fans, uh, I believe you have pregame on 1040 WHO right now with Dolph and Bobby. Uh, Iowa will tip off against Michigan here at about 27 minutes from now. So they'll be going while we are on the air here on 1460 KX. And at 6 o'clock, we will throw it down to Fort Worth, Texas, where Rich Fellingham will take the mic with, I believe, Lindsey Finley is on the call tonight for Iowa State women's basketball against TCU. Tommy, how are you today, my friend? Lovely. Happy, happy Valentine's Day. I was going to say the same to you. Thank you. I am Randy. Uh, Pete, happy Valentine's Day. Hi, how are you? Doing all right. Cool. You're not going to wish me a happy holiday either? It's a, it, holiday? Why are you it's working then? A, it's a holiday. I work on holidays. We work on holidays. That's what us sports writers do, Pete. Well, we show up and work. I know, but th- I, this is not a holiday. This is something that Hallmark and Pangburn went together and decided let's let's do something. Yeah, and there's and no gives, arguments. And it gives prisoners prisoners more of it gives them it gives them something to do while they're sitting in their cells to write to write stuff on the greeting cards. <laughs> I've that's the man, image I need. I have, I've never heard that take on Valentine's Day, but I love it. Okay, that's fantastic. <laughs> I love Pete, gentlemen. Uh, first of all, you're gonna get me fired or something? <laughs> no, I just realized I'm gonna have a way better Valentine's Day than a lot of people. Yeah. Um, we are live until 6, so Cyclone fans, we can use this as a little bit of a uh, sound-off type of program where you can call in and talk to us about your thoughts on the team, 515-284-5966. Iowa State loses 83-77, Pete, to Kansas last night, and I didn't think Iowa State played well at all. Like I, I walked out of there um, just very underwhelmed with the just the way the offense, you know, and it, a lot of it when your guys aren't making shots. When 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 Wigginton and Jackson are on fire, it covers up a lot of the other things that you're not doing right. They didn't do that last night. Those two combined to go four of twenty one from the field. Um, but the you know the offense looked off most of the night. Credit Kansas for a lot of that. They played good defense defensively. It was a travesty there in the second half. Kansas goes for sixty two and a half percent in the second half, and I was just surprised really that Iowa State was even in the game. At the end, well, I, I agree with you 100 percent on that. The second half, the second half, you're talking about Kansas made 12 of 16 shots under the basket, under the basket. They made four from 10 every, everywhere else, but their second half shooting, which was 61.5 percent, included six, 12 of 16 shots under the basket. That's why they won. It was a layup drill, and they couldn't stop. They couldn't stop it. You know, Prom said after the game that he he told the players how to stop it. They did stop it at Lawrence, and they. Apparently didn't hear what Prom was saying to them um, last night. They, you know, they they played the pick and roll wrong, whatever it was. They played the back screen wrong, and um, they were going. Kansas was going bonkers. Um, as a was 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 you know he owned the lane in the second half when he was in there. When he was in there, now they took him out late in the game because they were Iowa State would have played you know Hacka as a um, like everybody else has, but they didn't get a chance to do that because he wasn't even in the game. But uh, yeah, I, Iowa State's got to be able to shut down the lane. They've got to be able to play better defense, and when you're especially when you're not shooting it. Um, Tommy, 
Did you think? Uh, I know you wrote about Nick Weiler Babs' return. One of my deals when I rewatched the game last night. I do think, and I don't. I don't want to make too big a deal out of this, but I, I do believe that threw off Lindell and Donovan just a bit. Did you see that at all? Yeah, I think for at least the first couple of minutes. I mean, I think eventually they kind of hit a little bit of a rhythm, but they definitely weren't the same. Now, let's not make any mistake about it. Iowa State is a better team when they have Nick Weiler bad. But yeah, yeah, I agree. But when you have a guy that hasn't been on the floor the past four games and you at at times that, that offense has played really well, especially with Sarantali in the game, yeah, there's going to be in a little bit of adjustment period. And a lot of that comes strictly for just the fact that Nick Weiler Babs got to get back into a rhythm. You know, they I know they tried easing him back into things, and I think it worked. But, yeah, those first couple of minutes, nobody really seemed know, to know what to do. There wasn't any ball movement. Guys seemed um, to kind of stand around. But, I mean, that, that kind of epitomized Iowa State in a nutshell when it came to last night. I mean, Iowa State just couldn't get out of its own way for a great part of the night. I mean, the, you know, it's, we've seen way better Kansas teams come into home Coliseum and lose. This was a game Iowa State very easily, I don't want to say very easily, but definitely could have won, should have won. And besides just the bad shooting of, you know, Donovan Jackson, Lindell Wigginton was slow to get going. I mean, the number that jumps out to me is the 16 turnovers, and a lot of them were not forced, too. It was just simple, stupid mistakes by Iowa State at times. Yeah, they uh, they clearly, Pete, were struggling, specifically taking care of the basketball in the first half at Iowa State. I don't know. I, what, I, let's go with this direction with it. What did you think of Kansas? What do you think of Kansas? Not not as good as they've been in the past. Um I think Bill Self has done a very good coaching job, especially last night, um, for what he's got on that team. Yeah, I agree um, with that. At Iowa State, you know, we talk about how poorly Iowa State played defense. Well, Devontae Graham was horrible last night, and he's he's probably their best player, or their, at least one of their best players. He was horrible. Um, Svi was horrible. Um, you know, so so take away those two guys. I mean, Iowa State took away those two guys um, and Kansas still found a way to win. And they found a way to win because they were able to, um, like I said, own the free throw lane, own the, own the, the, under the basket, in this, especially in the second half. They kept going to that. It kept working and Iowa State could not figure it out. I didn't. I didn't pay attention to the timeout situation, so I don't know how many times Steve was calling timeout, but it seemed like he called a bunch of them. Um, I. I. It, he just. It just was somehow wasn't getting his point across to the players, or they. You know, they know more than he does. I don't know, but Iowa State stopped that in Lawrence and in Ames, where you think they should really be able to stop it. They were unable to do it. So. Um, I, I, I gave up trying to figure out this Iowa State team a long, long time ago. The only thing you can pretty much bank on is that Iowa State's probably not going to win a road game. Yeah, what's difficult when it comes to Iowa State when you watch last night's game is just their inability to uh, make adjustments. And I think that's kind of understandable just given, hey, they are a young team still. 
Um, you would expect them to be able to, I mean, maybe adjust a little bit better than they have been at times at this point in the season. But I think that kind of is maybe not too far out of the norm. But if it's still happening come next season, then you're like, wow, that those are some major issues. But I think, yeah, just the vulnerability probably of Iowa State being so young, not being able to one, be extremely versatile, and then two, be able to make adjustments on the fly is what ultimately hurts them in a lot of these games. I get that. I get it that I that you know a lot of people are giving Iowa State a pass for being young, but they're twenty five games into the season. When do they grow up? I think they have grown up. I still think they're inconsistent. They, I mean, exactly. Yeah. Because I don't think I'll that. Go, I'll give you that. That like, I don't think Iowa State would have been in that game two months ago. Is what I'm saying. They were in it. Well, when was the last time they played? I, I but the last time they played, they had Wigginton and Jackson played relatively right, they, they well. Were I'm and, saying like Bab was running the point. And, and bad, yeah. Like you're gonna have bad shooting nights. Like right. that that happens to every yeah. team in the country. I'm saying that the fact that those two were so bad last night and they still somehow had a chance to win, right. they have. They have grown up. It's just Cameron Lard has grown up. Yeah, they're still inconsistent, and I think right. that's like you know at this point, Pete, you are who you are. It's yeah, February fourteenth. Yeah, and I think when I say just Iowa State's young, it's just yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying, Pete, in terms of yeah, at this point in the season, you know, everybody's kind of playing with that type of hand too. If if they had a young team, everybody has mm-hmm. a certain amount of experience by now. But I think the ultimate problem when it comes to Iowa State is from the very start, they were just so far behind the eight ball that they had so much learning. They lost to Milwaukee. Yeah, so much much learning and so much growing up to do that, yeah, they have made massive strides, but this also epitomizes just, man, just how far they had to go in the first place to even get to this point. Yeah, no, that's all good points. I mean, another way they've grown is like – I. I, could you have imagined two months ago Zoran Talley playing 35 minutes a game? He's a guy now. What do you do with him? I know. Do you start Bab? Do you start Talley? Do you start Bab? I don't know. Do you start Lard and Talley and sit Jackson? You know? you re- I mean, what Steve Prohm you can't seems sit like. Jack- no, I know, but, I know, but yeah. Yeah, and I think what it kind of looks like Steve Prohm usually does is just kind of ride the hot hand. I mean, I think at this point what you kind of hope is like, okay, somebody kind of cools off and makes the the decision easier for you. I mean, at the the very least, look at everything Zoran Talley has been through. He's shown a willingness to accept that role off the bench and be that guy. So I think that might be easier to at least say, hey, you got to go back to that spot. Well, and the old coaching rule is you can't lose a job from injury. He's lost four games. He was out four games, though, too. But, yeah, I agree. I agree. And they played well. When Nick was at the when Nick was at the point, you know, like like Tommy said, yeah. they 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 were I, dis, they were discombobulated last night. I think that while. they're. I, I really I think that that team's better as a higher ceiling with Wigginton. Well, yeah, you, and it, it, it definitely seemed like there were times last night, and I think this was of Wigginton a little bit before Wilder Bab got into the game, but then it kind of morphed into a bigger issue once he got into the court where. He was. He just seemed a little bit more gun shy, a little bit more hesitant, which natural because you're taking the ball out of his hands more when you've got Wilder Bab running the point instead of him. So Bab goes, 
Wigginson stays at the point. Donovan plays the two. Bab goes back to the three where he was I last year. I don't know. I, I don't know what the answer is. Then, then, I just know. Then you're, then it, you're it, talking tally coming off the bench, it, which is fine because you're yeah. not going to put Solomon Young and, and, well, and, and Lardo. I mean, I think it. ideally what you want to do is you don't have a point guard. You've got those three guys, and they can whoever kinda, gets a rebound. That's what they did goes. against Oklahoma. Yeah, like Jackson had the ball in his hands a lot. Get out and go. Yeah. Um, what you can't have is what you saw last night. A lot of that game, and go back and watch the tape, and you will see this. I promise. Is when Nick was take when Nick had the ball in his hands, the other two didn't know what to do. They went from being in attack mode like they have been for the last week and a half to kind of standing around on the other side while Nick isolates. And, you know, Nick should have been dumping the ball into Lard a lot more than he was. Everybody should have yeah, been. Yeah, this wasn't just a Nick thing, but I'm saying, like, when he had the ball. And you saw the other two guys just kind of standing out on the wing and doing nothing. And that my point is, I don't really – that's what you can't have because that's, that's how you get stagnant. And that's when they are at their absolute worst, when they're in the half court and they're stagnant. Yeah, especially Wigington. You want him driving, attacking, moving, that's and when doing he's all those best. things. Donovan Jackson, maybe you can get away with it a little bit more just because the shooting problems he possesses. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's what I was saying is when it, it seemed like Wigington almost didn't know what his role was or what he should be doing once Weiler Babb came into the game. And, look, maybe that's a problem that kind of solves itself a little bit more because you know, we were told, hey, this was going to be a game-time decision when it came to Wilder Bab. Maybe now we can practice a little bit more, get some more reps, and you know, it's it's not so much on the fly, too, for, for all those guys. Yeah, um, I'll make a bold prediction. I think that they play really well on Saturday. Yeah, I do, Kansas too. They State. play well, Donner. Yeah, and I, I've seen them play I well. I just think, too, like that, you know, that was my biggest fear, the, the offense getting bogged down with the with Nick coming back. Um, I don't think that's a long-term deal, though. I think Steve's a good enough coach, especially with guards, where he's going to be able to really teach with that tape last night. And I think those guys – you remember they – you know, Steve has used the word no-show to describe the first game against Kansas State. Right. There's a lot of, um, I think, motivation – going down to Manhattan on Saturday because of the way they played in that first game. And I think things gel. I, I think they could win that game on Saturday. I'm not th- saying they will. I think they're going to be in it, though. I don't have a laptop in front of me. Call up the box score from the first can. Okay, none I'll of us saw that. it. None of us saw the game. Yeah, well, I watched it from Jerry the King Lawler's basement. As I said, number, <laughs> none of us saw the game. Um, all right, and I saw a little bit of it on my on my computer. At, in, in, where were we? We were in Memphis. Memphis, Tennessee. On my computer, so, but you can't watch a game like that. Um I, I want to know what Lard did. I want to know how much of a different team. Give me a second. Is. Kansas State won that game ninety-one to seventy-five. Cam Lard played twenty-two minutes. Go. Yeah. He had thirteen points and nine rebounds. Okay, he played twenty-two minutes last night. He played thirty-seven. Beverly played twenty minutes. What um, did he do in twenty minutes? Seven points. Okay. Cam um, Lard is, is 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 twice as good a player as he was. The key. Oh yeah, then. I agree. As the long key as in that Iowa game. State's utilizing him. It was really Iowa State's defense that was the problem in that game. They gave up thir- 13 threes. Kansas State shot 50% from three, 55% from the field. I mean, that's the game. 
Yeah. I mean, like Tommy said, as long as Iowa State's utilizing Cameron Lard. And last night, Prom Pro tried to, to stay within himself as he, as he was talking about. I thought he was going to, like, break the table. I did, too. He was trying to stay within himself, and the more he kept talking, the more annoyed he got. And, and, and I didn't know where it was going. I mean, I started to get my, my, my video. I didn't know out. if he was, like, mad know, at Jared for asking know, the question. I don't, or know, he, I don't know even who asked the question, but I don't know where it was going. But he just got madder and madder and madder about well, why not getting the ball into into large he and he was yelling at those guys yeah. and th- that's where i think to like i want to be careful how i word this because i i think those guys got like with nick being back i think that lindell and donovan were touching the ball less which made them uncomfortable those are two guys who like to have the ball they all think they're point guards is the thing it's not and a bad thing. No, no, it actually is a good thing, but they're out of whack with how how it's working. And I think Steve was getting frustrated just by watching him because those guys were forcing bad shots that they didn't need to take where they could have dumped it down and they probably should have dumped it down. But I think they all were like, oh, I had the ball. I have to do something with it because they weren't getting as many touches. Yeah, the, I mean, the frustrating thing is when you would go down a couple of times and – Lard's getting really easy baskets or is working his butt off and gets a basket on, you know, two, three possessions in a row. And then the next one, he doesn't even touch it. You're like, why do you have to leave that well? You know, keep, you know, keep fishing in that pond as long as you're catching fish. You know, that was working Mm -hmm. a lot of times last night. And just to not even see him get touches. On well, especially when possessions. Kansas's big man had the foul trouble. Yeah, and, yeah. I, I I can't I can't wait to see who who starts on 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 Saturday. And I I assume well it'll be we'll see it when whatever it is five minutes before the game, ten minutes before the game. They're gonna it's. yeah. They'll probably say Nick is day to day, right? Sure, they will. Yeah, yeah, but he'll be able to play. Yeah. But but uh, um, what what would you do? What who would you start, Chris? Okay, I mean it's just um, it's just between no, Nick and, and, and yeah. Tally. So I mean, I I would probably start Nick at the three. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where you're I. Make, you're getting paid two five, two point five million. Now. You got to make this decision. I would start. You got to make a very good decision. I would start Nick because where? I would start Nick and I would let him run the point to okay. start. I would do it because you can't lose your job due to injury. That's just in general. I also. Would would stress to my team, specifically before this basketball game, that we're going to play positionless basketball. All three of you guys are the point guard. Now, Nick will be the first guy to dribble it up the floor, but I want all three of you in attack mode like you two have been for the last two weeks. And, Nick, you're the leader here. You need to facilitate that. And and if it's and if it if they can't do that with Nick then yeah I would move Nick to the 3 cuz I think they're I think their ceiling as a basketball team is with Lindell pushing the way Jackson kind of feeding off of that and then Nick like he's really good at isolation right and you can utilize him in that capacity as well out on the wing I think I think Nick I think he should start out at the 3 just because of you, what you said okay. he's good in in the isolation stuff and you've got to designate a point guard I guess uh, maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. It's just hard but, to like. I have a hard time saying anything. Like he, he, like his number. He was very efficient last night. Well, you know, it's not like he sucked. 
Yeah, like and to 14 me, fourteen points, five assists, and eight rebounds. Yeah, it's a good line. And to me, if you move him back to the three, that's a spot he hasn't played consistently for a long, long time. Now you're talking about he's got to make that adjustment to moving back into that. Even though I'm sure, like you said, yeah, if you're prone, you're saying, "Hey, attack, attack, attack." Even though you're telling him all that, it may not still register the same way as if he actually is in that role where is. You keep him at the one. You've had Wigington and Jackson in those roles playing off the ball before and have had success. At least you've got a pretty good idea that it's worked before in the past. It's your lineup for next season, though. You're gonna have. You're gonna have essentially. You're gonna have have Wigginton running the point, right? Worry about, my thing is worry about that next season. You've I, got too much. Yeah, time this, in the this, this is talk radio, Tommy. I don't. I don't. I couldn't agree less. <laughs> With all due respect, I mean, I mean, all we do is talk about is, next they, season. I mean, yeah, you can have Lindell running the point, and, <laughs> and Tally's going to be playing. Bab's going to be playing. You, the only thing different is is you're going to have. What do you do with Shayak? You want my starters for next year? Oh boy. Yeah, I did, yeah. I did this in my basement. I've got mine. I had a couple yeah, do, of bourbons yeah. in me on Saturday night. I had a little notebook out. Yeah. Can I go I've first? Got, yeah. Because I, I don't want you to think I'm mocking or just stealing off your. We're all, we're all going to say the same thing. Lard. Okay. Uh, Weiler Bab. Yep. Wiggins Mine's there. already different, so keep going. Shayok. Yep. And um, who am I missing now? Taylor Horton Tucker. Ta- yeah, Horton Tucker. And you've got Tally for Bab. No. So what I've, I've, I have Wigginton at the one. Yeah. Horton Tucker at the two. Yeah. Shyock at the three. Yeah. Jacobson at the four. Lard at the five. Ooh. Jacobson for Bab. That's what I I got Bab. Okay, I got Bab and small. I'm I got Bab and Solomon big. Young coming off the bench. Oh yeah, we forgot about Solomon Young. Yeah. I have Young coming off the bench too. We all do. Yeah. It's gonna yeah, I think that's the top six. I think that's the best lineup. I don't know if that's the one Prom will start the season out with though. He'll start the season Lard, Bab, Wiggins, Shayok, and somehow somehow um Solomon will be in there somewhere. And then like things are gonna have to get a little bit dicey and then he'll make it. it. But yeah. I just think that he is by far one of the best players on the team next year. Oh I do too. I and Shayok is maybe the best. Yeah. And Wigginton is maybe the pro. So and Lard. So I think I yeah, I would keep there we go back to next year. It how good it's gonna be. Man, I love talking about next year. I do too. Why not? They're not going anywhere this year. (laughs) They're not going to the NIT, contrary to what anybody says. Well, they needed that game last night. That was a really important. Well, they needed game. that game, and they needed a lot of other stuff to happen. What? Nationally. So, Randy, you you're good on this. What is the criteria for the NIT these days? Is it just RPI? I know you have to have a winning record. You don't have to have a winning record. You don't. You do not have to have wow. a winning record. Wow, Sean, can I have the breaking news sounder, please? Here well, on KSL. It's on NIT.com. I thought you had to win. Did, you did don't that have change? To have a, I don't know. I don't know, but every team has had a winning record that I've over the last ten years. So, so what are the, what is the criteria? That, well, they that your automatic qualifier if you won your conference regular season yet did not get picked for the for the NCAA tournament. For example, if you if you win your conference regular season and you lose in the championship in the in the in the postseason championship in the conference tournament, yeah. And you don't get selected for the NCAA. So that's for like You're the, the NIT. So low there's, majors, so there's they a can bunch of them. Still do something. The, the, over the last 10 years, the team with the worst record that got in was High Point, was 16, and they went 16 and 15, 16 and 16, 16 and 15 that year. 
that's the that's the worst record that got in over the last ten years. There have been three seventeen win team win teams get in: Georgia Tech, Clemson, and I can't I, maybe Iowa. I can't remember um, over the last ten years. So so I didn't find any criteria that says you have to have a winning record. Yet I didn't find any teams without a winning record that weren't in over the last ten years. So it's going to be tough for Iowa State. Yeah, they go on RPI. That's a that's a criteria. I figured too, like. But Iowa State's Hilton RPI is not any good. No, it's but in comp- the '90s now. Yeah, but compared to a lot of those NIT type teams, okay, it's yeah. going to be similar. Right, it's in like, the '90s. Let's just say again, they win two more games and they go six. Well, they and- win two more games. That, yeah. Well, what are their record now? That'll give them fifteen. What's, I mean, that, that's- that'll give them fifteen. You mean two more games in the regular season? Yeah. Let's uh, say they beat they TCU and couple- Oklahoma State at home. Yeah. Which is possible, very possible. Yeah. Then they better win a couple games in the tournament. Okay. A game at least. A game to be on the NIT bubble. Gosh darn, is there such a thing? Yeah, I think there is. <laughs> I just like, I, I always wonder how, like, would they get an edge because you know if you have an NIT game at Iowa State, it's probably going to be sold out. But who, why would they get a home game? They're, they're, they'll be because one of the people worst want to make in. money. They'll be one of the worst teams. I, I, yeah, I but, know. I just, but I remember. Do you the, really think they're going to sell sell out Hilton for? Oh, I, I think they were going to be yeah, people would. just want to watch Iowa State basketball. I think they would. Watch well, they Iowa didn't State sell it out last. I mean, they didn't fill all the seats last night. I know. I just think that I think that they would. Okay. Maybe I'm wrong. Respectfully, I, I disagree. They would. I, I very well could be wrong. At the, at the very least, they would draw better than the average team. They sold point. it out the last time the NIT was there. I know that for a fact. They played Marquette, and uh, it was one of the Wayne Morgan years. And it yeah, they I, had they had two home games. They played like Marquette and somebody else, and they sold them. Both I was out. there, but I don't remember. The Iowa State fan fans, they are. That's a rabid group. Nothing. They really, can't be. Yeah. Nothing. They really do surprises me. All right. Um. Iowa State basketball. Uh, we we can will, take calls too, no? Yeah, yeah. Let's take some calls when we come back. 515 284 5966. We can talk about the uniforms. What uniform talk? What? Did we get. No, in? no. I was going to say if somebody wants to call oh. in. Oh, you're uniforms. talking about that one guy who calls in. Randy, Randy's trolling. Oh, okay. Right now. Yeah, I got is you. Is that what that is? Yeah. I'm kind of getting it. Yeah, you're about the uniforms. That's what I like to hear. I kind of like that. More Cyclone Insider. With the boys from the Des Moines Register when we come back here on 1460 KXNO. It's Cyclone Insider from the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back to Cyclone Insider here on 1460 KXNO. Randy Peterson, Tommy Birch in here with me on a Valentine's Day edition of the program. Speaking of Valentine's Day, can we please get metal detectors in our schools? Uh, yeah, we, we should probably mention... Uh, tragedy in florida today i so i didn't even know anything about this randy before you came 17 in 17 are been, now dead in the in the high school and that former high school student at this at this place in broward high school murdered 17 um um students and and uh, obviously there's others it's not necessarily students there were some teachers too i think um, yeah, can we please get metal detectors? And I know that's not going to stop it, but but, no. uh, but I know it's cost prohibitive. But gosh, a lot darn, to talk about with please, that. Please yeah. give me a break. It's a sad deal, and you know, Tommy, you know this sooner than later, and I do now. I mean, you just worry about your kid all the time, and daughter who teaches at a high school. Yeah, there you go. I mean, yeah, but you you worry about school. Used to be one of those places you really have to worry. The safe zone. You know, we used to take naps at school. Legally, when I was in kindergarten. I used to take naps in kindergarten, too. We took naps. That was Arnold Artie. Took naps in high school. Can't do that now. 
Yeah, it's a sad deal. So we'll keep all those um, folks in our thoughts here tonight. And uh, Hawkeye fans, you are playing right now. If you didn't know that, it's a 5.30 tip for you guys. Uh, Dolph and Bobby had the call over on 1040 WHL, if you'd like to listen. Iowa with an early 9-5 to lead over the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, we do have open phone lines. I don't think Iowa State fans really interested in talking about basketball last night. Uh, but if you guys want to call in, 515-284-5966. Let's move to, the, to, to football, to the pigskin. Sure. Iowa State got another quarterback commitment. Iowa State has had a, just a plethora of quarterback news over the last week. Brock Purdy signs. Kyle Kemp does get his sixth year of eligibility. And then um, this young man, Easton Dean. Yep. That's a great name. That Easton is a quarterback. They've got some great quarterback names in there. Like Real Mitchell, Brock Purdy. But that's insane to think about what that quarterback room was when Matt Campbell first got there. Um, you know, Sam Richardson gone, uh, Grant Rohach leaving, Joel Lanning, just a little bit of experience coming in as the guy. And that and, and then you had uh, Dom DeLira transfer too. Dom I mean, DeLira, I forgot and, about that guy. I mean and then and then you have Jacob Park coming in who we knew once we knew he was coming in, you're like, okay, that guy could be a talented guy, but he was obviously a giant wild card on and off the field um, from what we had seen before he came in. So then Campbell not only has restocked uh, that quarterback cupboard, but just filled it with talent now. I mean, my goodness, just, you know, between Kemp, Zeb Nolan, Purdy, um, you know, Devin Moore, who's there right now. Um, I mean, just a ton of talent sitting in that room. Where now, uh, you know, it's it's pretty crowded. What quarterback not named per- Kemp, Purdy, Noland, and what's the kid's most recent kid? Easton Dean. Yes. What, Easton what quarterback Dean. not named Purdy, Kemp, Noland, and Dean is switching positions? Probably say Devin Moore, but he would be my know. guess too. You know, I wrote about this on Monday, like. I think in reality, there's the, really the only thing abnormal that we've seen with Iowa State's quarterback recruiting is that they got Purdy. Yes. Because other than that, I mean, they're taking one per class. Uh, the Kemp deal is really a – I mean, that's not going to happen very often, if ever again. You know, a quarterback getting a sixth year. Yeah. like I just think it's everything's heightened for us because everything happened in a week. Well, and for the idea well, that, look, I was – was announced well, at the yeah. week. And also, I mean, what, Iowa State just had so many problems at that position for a long time. I mean, they just rotated in and out of guys and just couldn't get a consistent play caller. And now you've got an abundance of talent in that room that just probably hasn't been seen in a long time. It's like I said, you know, they've had talented quarterbacks at Iowa State in the past. Just they haven't had this much talent all in the room at one point, probably. It's like having what do you a basketball think? team with a 12-man rotation. You answer that question, Pete. Do you think somebody will switch positions? Oh, without question. Who do you I think? Th- it could be mid- it, either one of them or both. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it'll be any time too soon. But eventually, one of those two, if not both, will leave Iowa State playing a different position. 
I think right now it's all situated where it can work out well for Iowa State, at least in the short term. Right. Where, that's why I said they'll leave. That's yeah, why I said they but, will leave Iowa State. Yeah. We're right now, what I could see happening with this quarterback room right now is Cal Kemp starts the season as the guy. Mm-hmm. Eventually it becomes Zeb Nolan. And. Iowa State maybe try you know I I think Real Mitchell is going to get some meaningful snaps this season he could be you know just a running threat for Iowa State that they utilize um maybe kind of in the same fashion as Joel Lanning but probably not the exact same way where you know obviously he could be he could probably throw it but just the sheer speed that he possesses gives them a dynamic that Kempt and Zeb Nolan do not have right now. And there, you've got three quarterbacks who are all getting important playing time. Kyle Kemp's on his way out the door. Real Mitchell, you're at least teasing uh, some playing time with. And Zeb Nolan, you're possibly handing the keys over to at some point this season. And Devin all Moore's changing positions. Possibly. but yeah, I mean, not, Somebody's got to do it. Well, I mean, not this season. Right, that's why I said they're the, leaving Iowa State yeah. at a different position. Sure. I think this Dean kid's interesting, too, because of his frame. Six foot six. Uh, now, he's a 2019 uh, commitment, so he that means he would sign next December with Iowa State. He uh, Campbell loves this guy, it sounds like. Um, that, that what they, what the, I say that because it means they have – more than likely moved on from Max Duggan, the kid from Council Bluffs, Lewis Central, who deal. has offers. He was high from, on their radar. He was one of the most. I mean, I would say I don't. I don't think they've probably recruited a young man as much as they have him. Yeah, which now you're probably moving on from him. Though. I mean, I, I still think they would take him. Yeah, I mean, clearly, it's prob- but yeah, it's probably a lot like the Brock Purdy deal where. It's like, okay, you feel like you've got a chance to go get him. Go get him. If not, hey, we've got a guy that we feel really good about that's in the class and in the room. I, um, yeah, I, I think the whole deal with the Duggan thing, it's a situation where, like, I, what would, what would you do, Randy, if you're, if you're Matt Campbell? You've got this young man in Kansas who you really like, who they, by by them offering him when they did, they're the first big school to offer. That's saying we think this guy is going to blow up over the summer and we want to get in early. Because if they didn't think that, Iowa State had no incentive to offer this young man at the time. Either they do you, do you do that and move on from Duggan, or do you say, hey, um, we've we're pot committed with Duggan. We spent all this time on him. And you risk him going to Ohio State or Penn State in December. Like that's a really hard spot for a it's, coach to be in. I know it because they've got that gives them it's a hot it's a hard spot for the kid to be in. Um yeah. for Duggan to be in also. I mean, he's aware of what's going on out there. I don't know what they're telling Duggan. I don't I don't have any idea. Um you know, it'd be nice to be you know, it'd be cool to be a fly on a wall on that deal. Yeah. Um maybe Iowa State thinks they can't get him. Maybe Easton Dean is clearly better than him. Um, I Man, don't I don't know about that. I, I don't, got, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you're talking about an Iowa kid, a state of Iowa kid. My guess, and just again, this Dean kid doesn't have many offers yet. That's the key word. Um, Iowa State did not. They have plenty of quarterbacks. Like they could have gone with this class without getting a quarterback. Mm-hmm. 
they had to there's no incentive for them to offer him unless you think he's going to be really good like offer you don't, who Easton Easton Dean, Dean. Right. you don't offer that right. you don't offer that kid unless you think he's going to explode in the summer and maybe they think maybe they know something about Duggan that we don't yeah well and Duggan's coming off of an injury exactly and maybe he's he's looking elsewhere I don't you know it's it's I trust the coaches on this deal do you, I could talk oh. quarterbacks for hours I in any level I love co- talking quarterbacks it's just a topic we haven't gotten to really talk about for a couple of years when it comes out. I mean, I shouldn't say that. There's been plenty of quarterback controversy or conundrum. And for the record, to put a bow on this before we take some calls, I think we all are we all agree that Mitchell will play this year. Yes. I think he will play as a true freshman. Yes. That'd be three quarterbacks. Okay. Yeah. They played four last year. I think he will play as a true freshman. I think that... The fact that he's on campus right now, like I think that they will put in wrinkles for him. He's that good of an athlete. Right. He, speed be, wise, he's like Ken A. Nwangu. Like it's going to be right interesting there. to see what kind of wrinkles they put in for him because they've got so much speed on that team. This is probably the fastest team. Think Joel Lanning. But they don't have speed at quarterback right now think, outside of Mitchell. Nolan and Kemp are not guys who offer anything I, in that department i think that he's your running quarterback exactly right but you said think joel lanning he's it's not your fullback it's a different style there you go he's but, not the fullback quarterback like joel yeah, was it's a different yeah. style but i, think I could outrun can, joel i think ooh, i'm gonna tell him you said that <laughs> i'm sure his sister's listening uh i just think that he, you you use him in that capacity when you need but you you know you can build in different types of packages exactly, and you don't need like they did with Joel, but just for reality. Yeah, and you don't need sure. you don't need that size and strength type running attack because you've got it with David Montgomery, who can shed tackles and and break anybody on the goal line. If anything, now that gives you just another weapon to use on the goal line in terms of maybe the jackal to his hide, I guess. Real Mitchell could come in and do that wildcat type thing, but it'd be a quarterback doing that type thing and be the change-up guy. And I was only kidding, Jenna, when I said that I could outrun your brother. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I certainly see that because Matt Campbell has done that before. Um, and, and Manning's got plays for that. There are plays in the playbook for that. Um, so, it's it's yeah, I mean, they, we're all just talking about what's the bottom line of what we're saying? Iowa State football is going to be exciting to watch next year. Agree with that. Todd and Bob, hold on. We will take your calls next here on Cyclone Insider with the Des Moines Register on 1460 KXNO. It's Cyclone Insider from the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO. All right, guys, welcome back. Let's finish this thing up. we got a couple of phone calls talking Cyclones. Uh, Tommy had to step his way out. Tommy's got a big Valentine's Day date today. Pete and I are here taking care of business. We'll talk to Todd. Welcome to... I almost said fanatics. This is Cyclone Insider here on 1460 KXNO. What's up? Pete, Chris. Pete, I won't uh, freak you out with uh, uh, uniform talk. Oh, it's th- this Todd. Oh. You're you're my favorite, Todd. But go ahead. What oh, do you get? What's yeah. on your mind? You, you want to talk recruiting? About, when you guys are talking about crowded uh, quarterback room, I thought Pete would chime in. Uh, number 75, they had Tom Mason, Wayne Stanley, and Buddy Hardeman all vying for that, and I think they gave it to Stan. Uh, Hardeman. To, uh, Mason. They used huh? to Mason because he was the senior, and then they got oh, yeah. okay. Hardeman and Stanley back in 76, and they just shelled everybody. Hmm. And then in 70, in 71, they had... Uh, oh, now you're before my time. I started... Robinson. A- they switched him over, 
And then uh, in 78, they had Rubley and they had John Quinn. I mean, John Quinn, my main man. Rubley was the main guy there. But that, that's pretty, those were pretty, pretty uh, quality quarterbacks that they had in the same room at the same time, especially the, Hardeman and Stanley. This one, this quarterback's got this quarterback room could have five. Is going to have five guys. That's that's. I understand, and I'm I'm tickled to death with that. Well, yeah, I I am too. They've got a lot of options. Um, I got a question for you on the on. You guys were talking about the Dugan kid. Yeah. Do you know who who's he's out of the Council Bluffs, correct? Correct, Lewis Central. And the only reason it made me perk up is because last weekend I was with this big Hawkeye fan, and God, he follows the you know the recruiting just endlessly, and he was talking about this Dugan kid and. How he thinks he's going to Iowa. Who, who's Dugan's head coach? His dad, uh, Jim Duggins, is his name. Okay. Then he brought up another guy, this a shoot-up kid who's a kicker and a punter. Yeah. I don't, you know anything about that? I don't know anything about him. Is that is 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 what's who am I thinking of? Shudak. He, he was from. Thinking of Jeff Shudak. Jeff Shudak was from, was, and he's from Council Bluffs, right? Yeah. Right. Well, I think. And his mom owned a restaurant over in Omaha. Yeah, I remember. No, that. no, 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 no. That was. Uh, you sure? No, you're thinking of uh, the, thinking? the guy that kicked all the. You're thinking of the guy that kicked all the field goals against Nebraska that year. That's not Shudak. I thought it was Shudak. That, right. that was another kid from Omaha. All right, all right, all right. I apologize. Uh, good golfer. Okay, whatever. Uh, I can't think of his name. Anyway, is that Shudak's kid or Shudak's? That's. And somebody said Shudak was the head coach. I, I, I don't know what school he's with. Is, is it a school in Omaha? But they said that. They said there's a bunch of teams or a bunch of schools that are recruiting Shudak's kids. And I asked the guy, I said, who's his dad? And he says, I think it's Jeff Shudak. I said, Jeff Shudak, the kick at Iowa State? And he says, God, he says, I forgot about that. Yeah, I think it is. Okay. So That'd I don't be know about where's right. that kid from. That'd where's that be... kid from? I don't know. Well, there's <laughs> some research for you. Sorry, Todd. <laughs> I'll have to look it up. <laughs> Thanks, Todd. Appreciate the call, man. Have a good night. Happy Valentine's Day. Uh, one more call. Bob, welcome to Cyclone Insider. Gentlemen, leave it to Iowa State fans to be worried about having too many quarterbacks. Ain't <laughs> that the truth? Um, anyway, I, real quickly on basketball before I talk about quarterbacks and, and recruiting. All right, Bob, just real uh, quick. We got like two and a half minutes, so I don't want you to yeah. get left out, okay? No. It'll be quick. All right. Uh, basketball is exactly what I thought it would be. Some games you show up and you're like, man, who is this team? They're awful. Other games you show up and you're thinking, man, this team should be uh, in the Sweet 16 or maybe better. Uh, what we're missing in basketball, and, and we really have not uh, been bereft of this for a long time, and that's really solid player leadership. And uh, that generally comes best from guys that are the best players in the team. And this year, the best players in the team are the youngest guys on the team. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's tough for the young guy to take the mantle. Niang was a, a you know a, a kind of different. He kind of assumed leadership early on. But anyway, I, I think Good that's point. one thing this team's really missing. As far as uh, football recruiting, I've always been under the uh, thought that the the lousy teams in in the big boy football are the teams that have a few guys that are D1 players. The so-so teams are the, guy, are the teams that have uh, one guy at each position that's a, a quality D1 player. The good teams are the teams that have a guy uh, at every position and maybe a, a quality backup. And the really great teams are the teams that have two and maybe three guys at every position. And with that, you get a couple of things. Number one, you get depth for injuries. But number two, you get competition, and competition is critical. You saw that this year with Alabama. 
you know, they bring in a guy who's hardly played at all, and he looks world beater. And competition sharpens everybody. And I, I think somebody mentioned, well, I don't know what Campbell's telling these guys. I, I'm not in the room. I'm not the fly in the wall. But I'll guarantee you just listen to the man talk. He's telling them, hey, if you come to Iowa State, here's what you're going to get, uh, and you're going to have an opportunity to compete, and we'll let the chips fall where they may. And I want kids that are going to come in, and they want to compete. That's what I want. And I want more than one guy at every position that can play in D1 football. And I think we're moving our way there because that's how you get a good team. And good we need two, three, four guys at quarterback that can all play and compete. The more, the merrier. And they can push each Like you said, they push each other. I, I agree with that 100%. I just hope that, that um, you know, they all stay healthy, obviously. But but and that's not going to happen. Somebody's going to get hurt. There's going to be something. There's going to be something happen. Real Mitchell, like we said earlier in the show, Real Mitchell will play at some point during the. I don't even know what year this is. 2018 season at some point. Um, so so he's going to have to. He's he's got a huge learning curve. He's going. This that's why um, being on campus right now. That's that's helping him immensely. It being able to take part in the spring, then he's able to hang around those guys during the summer. And it's not just working out; it's getting to know those guys also, chemistry-wise. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate your time, man. Thanks, Ben. Pete, thank you. My pleasure. Have a good one. We will see you uh, later in the week. Let's head down to Fort Worth. I messed up. It's Bloom on the call. Brent Bloom on the call tonight. Rich Fellingham still on vacation. Bloom and Lindsey Fennelly will have Iowa State women's basketball against TCU next here on 1460 KXNO.